Well, thank you, Mel. You know, just so excited to hear about Alpha. I know some of you here have done Alpha before, right? I mean, Alpha is just an amazing thing. And I love what Mel said. If you've been a a Christian for two seconds or 20 years, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's just a fantastic place to uh, explore faith uh, in such a fantastically safe environment. You know, I just uh, was so privileged to be able to speak at the last Alpha and just meeting so many people. Um, it was just so wonderful. So if that's you and you think, you know what, now's the time for me to explore, uh, explore faith. Or maybe, maybe you've never even said yes to Jesus, and I really recommend that you do Alpha. Well, um, it's good to be together again. Uh, last week I had mentioned, uh, I was reminded of the importance of laughter. I think laughing is very important. We've been doing some practice in the room. Uh, I gave them some of my bad jokes. Um, but uh, as I said last week, I didn't have to resort to those because I have this little book that I had found. It's Steph's called Children's Letters to God. And out of the mouth of babes, hey, some rather funny things. So uh, given the, uh, the support that I had received online, I checked the comments afterwards. I thought that, uh, you, by the way, you don't need to encourage me much to tell some jokes. But uh, I'm going to read a couple more of these. Is that all right with you? You're all nodding your head. Right. This is from a little boy called Wally Wee. What a great name. He says, Dear God, if we had fur like the animals, we wouldn't have to wear clothes. Did you ever think of that? I love that. That's really very good. What else have we got here? Dear God, are you rich or just famous? I love that one. Very good. Uh, One more, uh, because I just absolutely love these. This is from a little boy called Kevin, who says this. Dear God, I know you are supposed to love thy neighbor, but if Mark keeps taking my other skate, he's going to get it. I love that one. That is fantastic. Yes, it's good to laugh, isn't it? We've got to continue to laugh. Right, well, let's move on then. Uh, you know, we are in this season uh, series called First, and uh, I challenged us all last week to ask the question, are we seeking Jesus first? And this was really off the back of Charles Montgomery, a guest speaker who spoke at the start of the year around first things first, how that we are to take each day as it comes and each day seek Jesus first. And, you know, I'm going to use that line again that he gave, which is don't get your... Don't look at Facebook first thing in the morning. Get your face in his book first thing in the morning. Isn't that a great line? You know, don't look how many likes you've got on Instagram. Why don't you read the love letter from God, which is your Bible? And, you know, we should be doing that as Christians. The first thing we should be doing is seeking Jesus. And not just in the morning, but throughout the day. And so last week, we looked about the first one of our areas that we want to seek Jesus first in. Our first P was peace. Because, you know, if we seek the world's peace, what is the world's peace? It's a kind of peace that is based on circumstances. You know, it's not, it's it's something that is unstable, isn't it? It's not always there when the kids are screaming, you're trying to do, uh, you know, homeschooling and the technology, you know, the Zoom thing doesn't work, etc., etc. Well, you know, you're not able to pay bills, all of these things. When life gets tough, if we base our peace on the world's circumstances, it will never be stable. But as we looked at last week, if we, if we seek the gift of peace from Jesus, a peace which is stable, a peace which is sure. And if you missed that talk, you can catch up online, the vineyardchurch.co.uk forward slash talks or on our smartphone app, uh, you can catch up. So which P are we up to this morning? This week we are looking at protection. Protection. Now, protection is a word that's uh, all on our lips at the moment, isn't it? It's a word which has come to the fore in a way in which it probably hasn't done so for over a generation. 
You know, we, um, we, we see it on posters, protect. We hear it every time we turn on the TV. We, we see it when we go online and we check the news. And it instructs our every action, doesn't it? It's become second nature now, hasn't it, to protect ourselves from the virus, protect others, and protect the NHS to save lives. You know, I don't know about you, but I find myself now automatically knowing what two meters is. You know, it's automatic now, isn't it, that we put our masks on. It's become automatic. You know, this sense of protection is something which is, uh, something which is top of mind for us all. And, of course, these are all necessary and important things. But I want to ask you guys a question. And uh, it might seem like a silly question, but go with me on it for a bit. Have you ever asked yourself, what does this all show us? Have you ever asked yourself, why do we need protecting? It might seem like a silly question. But have you ever asked yourself why? Well, here's the answer, you see. It shows that we are in need of protection. Now, you might go to me, well, Mark, that's a bit obvious, isn't it? But as I said, go with me on this. You see, what it shows us is that we are not God. What it shows us is that we are the created. We are not the creator. You see... When you answer that question, it reminds us that we are not in control as we had thought we were. It's a reminder that in spite of our best efforts, in spite of our technological advancements, in spite of our scientific endeavors, in spite of our increasing knowledge, in spite of all these things, many good, all good in fact, in spite of all these things, the illusion that we are in control is actually, well, an illusion. Seeded by the enemy himself. We are not in control. And you see, what this word protect makes us realize is that we are in need of protection because we are not God. And you know, in many ways, this is, oh, such a humbling thing. You see, we think... And we looked at this um, last year. You know, the world is trying to create that kingdom, that utopian existence of without the king, without God. And yet we get to a season like this and we realize that we are not God. And here's the thing. This question, and if you answer it right, is actually a life-giving answer. Why? Because it gets us to a place of humility. Now, it says in the scriptures that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. How you respond to this is important. How we should respond to this is, Lord God, I need you. I'm not in control. I am not God with a small g. You are God, and I need you in my life. And this is the point of this series to say we need to get to that place of humility. You know, humility is not saying I'm a terrible person and I'm the lowest of the low. That's false humility. Humility is recognizing that we are his and he is for us, that he is our God. And so when we ask this question, silly though it might seem, we get to a place where if we grasp it, we get to a place on our knees and say, I need you, God. 
And it is in that place that he pours out his grace. What is his grace? His grace is how he empowers us to walk in that which he has for us. And so this, is, this morning I want to do just that. I want to get us to a place where we get onto our knees and we cry out to God. It's not to say that all those other things that I've talked about are how we protect ourselves and protect others and protect the NHS are wrong. They are absolutely right. We should do those. But if we just do that and we don't call out to God, then we're missing something. And so in this series of first, I want us to first seek Jesus. You know, protection has focused and centered a lot on the physical, hasn't it? As I've talked about, protecting ourselves from the virus. But of course, we're not just physical beings, are we? No, we're made of, you know, we've got a heart, we've got a mind. In other words, we have emotions, we have a will, we have a mental state, to use that phrase. And while we've been focusing on the physical side, the virus, under the surface, what's happening is that people's mental state and their emotions are also in need of protection, aren't they? in need of a protection from the impact of isolation and the impact to our emotions and our mental state. In need of protection from fear that sets in. You know, it says in the scriptures, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Can we walk through this time without fear? Yes. Because God's promises are yes and amen. We, we sang that earlier, didn't we? And we need protection from the weariness and the strain. You know, I, I know some people who have, I would say, are the most optimistic people I know. And it's at this point now where they're just so flat. And we've been focusing, as I said, rightly so on the physical. But I want to look at how, and God says he will protect us from fear, from, from our emotions. Because we need protecting there, don't we? So what does God say about this? Now listen, I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I'm going to use quite a bit of scripture this morning. I've got some nodding heads in the room. Maybe you're nodding at home as well. You know, if you go to the doctors and you're in need of a prescription, he, will, he or she will prescribe some medicine, correct? And you will take that prescription with you to the pharmacy and they will give you the, the recommended medication, correct? With me so far? Well, let me tell you, God's word is our medication. Did you know that? God has prescribed his word to us. You know, it says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. What does that mean? The things of this world, thinking about things in the wrong way, about being caught up in fear, all this stuff. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and walk in that which God has for you. So how do we do that? Well, we get into his word. And so I want you to be taking notes and take Notes of these scriptures, and I want you to read these and meditate them on them, your medication, every day this week, because you will see fruit from that. And so that's why I'm not going to apologize for the scriptures, all the scriptures that I'm going to be using. So let's look at our first piece of medication, to use that phrase. It's from Deuteronomy, which is in the Old Testament, chapter 31, 6. And Moses is saying goodbye to the Israelites because he's not going to be going into the promised land with them. He's handing over to Joshua, and he says this as a reminder. Listen, be strong and courageous. Listen to this. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Who are them? That, was, that were the people on the other side. What's your them in your world? What's your them in your world? What's your fears? 
Lord says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid because of them or it. For the Lord your God goes with you. All your promises are yes and amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Are we getting this? Let's look at the next scripture that I want to share. Isaiah 41.10, very similar. God is saying this through his prophet Isaiah. So do not fear. You see, God knows that we battle with fear. That's why God talks about it so much, saying, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Who here is suffering with feeling dismayed? I do sometimes. For I am your God, and I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the medication that we need to be meditating on every day and then turning it into praise and prayer. Thank you, God, that your word says that you are with me. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that I do not need to be afraid. Thank you, Lord, that your promises are yes and amen. Lord, I want to experience that today. Lord, would you come and strengthen me? That's what it means to get into his word. That's what it means to take his promises and claim them and say, yes, Lord, your word says you will never forsake me or leave me. I claim that promise for me today, Lord. That's what it means to seek Jesus first. You know, I said this last week, and I hope you didn't mind me saying it, but I meet so many malnutrition Christians. What do I mean by that? They're empty of God's word. And so when trials and troubles come, they don't have the strength to respond. Listen, you wouldn't have a diet devoid of nutrients and minerals and food, would you? Because if you did, you would be in a weakened state. Well, God has given us his word, so I want to encourage you to get into his word. We need to understand, you see, that God is with us. There is a lovely, and I don't have it with uh, on the screen, it's Chronicles 2, 16-9. Uh, it says, for the eyes of the Lord, listen to this, range throughout the earth to strengthen you. Did you just hear what I said? Listen, the eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the earth to strengthen you. I, I sometimes I listen to the radio and I've heard some ads recently for that um, Nest doorbell. And it's got cameras and it's got a bit of a CCTV on it and you can be outside with your app. I'm sure there's other manufacturers that do this. The kind of CCTV for your home and you can see what's happening. Well. I've got to tell you, that's pretty impressive, but it's nothing like God's CCTV camera. Because his eyes are always on you. Did you know that? His eyes are on you. He knows the very number of hairs on your head. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that loves you. His eyes are on you. Now, what we've got to understand with these scriptures, though, is this. He promises that he will strengthen us through the difficulty, not that he will always take us from the difficulty. Let me say that again. You see, he promises that he will strengthen us through the difficulty, not always that he will take us from the difficulty. And this is important. Let me share with you Isaiah 43 too, another great scripture. Listen to this. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through 
rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. When you go through, you see, friends, we need to realize that we do go through. But it's as we go through, God promises to be with us. Let me give you another one for your medication for this week. Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3. And this is a very famous psalm. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Who feels like they might be in trouble? Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Well, the earth hasn't given way yet. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, through the mountains tremble at its swelling. God is our refuge and our strength. Now, there are times where God does take us supernaturally away from a situation to protect us. And I suspect some of you, if you think about your life, might remember some of those times. I mean, I remember a particular time as I was thinking about this, probably about 20-something years ago, I was crossing the road in London. It was really busy. And um, I was walking, in, and you shouldn't do this, of course. I was walking in between traffic, and I, and, and I was weaving a bit to get through. And, I, and I, it was a bus, and I couldn't see around it. And I went to step out, and literally something forced me to not move. It was almost like I, it bypassed my brain, and this motorbike went zoom, right past I was like, oh, Lord, you protected me in that. And I bet there are so many more times where God has protected us and we haven't even realized it. So there are times where God just take you out, but there are also times where you don't, do go through them. You know, we, um, we've just done, um, we've got a couple of new olive trees in our garden. They're beautiful olive trees. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, start making some olive oil. I fancy making some olive oil. Uh, why not, hey? And they are beautiful leaves. They've got this like silvery, almost like a eucalyptus. And um, anyway, we've got those, but it's really cold at the moment, isn't it? And at nighttime, it's minus what, two, three? And so because they're new, what we've got is these covers for the, the oddities. They're like these fleece covers for a tree. Some of you gardeners will understand this. Um, and you put them over. Now, here's the thing about this protection. It's not that the olive tree won't get chilly. <laughs> it might even get a touch of frost, but it will protect it from dying. Now, I could have taken that olive tree away from outside, out of its pot, and put it in my house, but it wouldn't have been able to grow at all. You see where I'm going with this? You know, Charles Montgomery said a couple of weeks ago, to quote him again, you know, God is more concerned with our growth than our comfort. And you see, that olive tree needs to be outside to get to a place of maturity so that it can weather the storms in the future. But until then, we gave this covering. And you see, that is how God works with us, you see. Sometimes he allows us to go through these trials and troubles in trials and troubles in order that we can grow. But that doesn't mean he is not protecting you through that time. Just like that olive tree and that protection. You see, a promise of protection is not a promise of removal. 
I'm going to say that again. A promise of protection is not necessarily a promise of removal. In fact, protection is not required unless you go through the fire, is it? (laughs) You see, if you think about it, the frost and the bad weather around that olive tree that necessitated that covering is the world that we are in. We are in a fallen world. There is sin around us. There is evil around us. And so as we walk this walk of faith, we are therefore in need of protection. But we can rely upon God as we look to him to protect us and protect us from that fear that might set in. But as I said, why does God allow us to go through these trials and tribulations. I mentioned that it's uh, oftentimes it's in that place that we grow to maturity. James 1 verses 2 to 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Can anyone genuinely say they're considering this time pure joy? And yet, I rather think if we had a perspective that James is talking about here, recognizing Romans 8.28 that he works all things for good, All things for good for those that trust him and according to his purpose. If we recognize that God is working in us and through us and that there is an outworking of his goodness in our lives, then we can say, Lord, thank you. You know, many people have asked me, Mark, how have you found this time? What's it been like? And of course, there's the normal, it's been tough, it's been hard. On so many levels, whether it be family life, whether it be church, whatever it might be, But, you know, as I've reflected on this time, you know, I can see the grace of the Lord working in me and through me. But more than that, I can recognize that God has done a work in me that he couldn't have done on the mountaintop. You know, mountaintop experiences, when everything's going great, are wonderful. But, you know, the greenest grass grows in the valleys. And actually, I am thankful to God for this time because it's been in this place that he has done the deepest work in me, where he is building maturity in me, building resilience in me, building character in me. You know, um, Jesus said when he was risen and, and he was glorified with the Father, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know, we looked at that in the His Story series, didn't we? About what is to come, and if you miss that, you can catch up. All about end times, what is to come. And Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But did you know that God is preparing you for that place as well? You know, he is conforming us to the likeness of his son, and he's also building rewards up for us. Did you know there are eternal rewards? I think I'm going to preach on this sometime if you're up for it, the doctrine of eternal rewards. We often don't look at that. It's not about salvation. Salvation is not by works. Salvation is by faith alone, in Christ alone. But there are rewards awaiting us. You know, God is more concerned about your growth than his comfort. And I, I, listen, I say that not to minimize what you might be going through. I'm not trying to minimize the difficulty and the hardship. But recognize that God is working in you 
and through you and that his eyes are always on you. You know, it says in Zephaniah that he rejoices in you. And you know what? He dances over you. What? Say what? God dances over me. Yes, he delights in you. That's why we can seek him first. But I want to move on. As we talk about protection, that we, he does protect our hearts and our minds as we go through these trials. But you know, at its core, it, at its essence, God's protection is the eternal indwelling of his Holy Spirit in us. At its essence, at its core, is that all those that believe in the name of Jesus are sealed for the day of redemption. What does that mean? That we are with him for eternity. You want to talk about protection? <laughs> what is a seal? Well, you know when they used to send those letters in the olden days and the king would get a bit of wax and over the envelope and then get his signet ring and... That was the seal of the king. What did it show? Well, it showed ownership, didn't it? This, was, this is mine that I'm giving to you. But you know what? It was like a, like a tamper protection <laughs> because you knew that if you received that and the seal was broken, well... Something's a muck. It's like modern day password protection. You see, our protection is for eternity. And what are we protected from? We're protected from the wrath of God upon sin. Because you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. Do you remember the story of the Israelites in Egypt? And um, Moses said, let, let God's people go. And Pharaoh said, no. And they experienced the plague. And they came to a point where God said, listen, I'm going to wipe out their firstborn. But listen, I want you, Israelites, to take a lamb and get the blood and put it on the doorposts and the window frames. You hear this? Remember this story? And as I pass, as I come, as the wrath that my wrath comes upon, I will pass over. I will protect you from that. Well, you see, that event of Passover was a foreshadow of the perfect, spotless Lamb of Jesus, who shed his blood for you in order that the wrath of God will pass over you. Why? Because Jesus paid for our sins. When God looks at us, he looks at us as holy and righteous. And so do you know what we're protected from? We're protected from the wrath of God, in order that we can be with him for eternity. The good news of the gospel is that we are eternally his because we have been sealed by his spirit. Yes, he protects us at this time. He is with us. He will strengthen us through these trials and these tribulations. And I encourage you to get on your knees and cry out to him and say, yes, you're my God. Would you protect me, Lord, as your word says? But let us be encouraged and remember that we are sealed for eternity, that we are his. You see, the promise of protection is the message of the gospel. It is the good news. And I want to say this this morning. If you are a Christian and you're hearing these it should lead you to worship and to your knees. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I am yours. Thank you, Lord, that you have protected me. Thank you, Lord, that I am yours. 
But if you are not a Christian, if you have yet to say yes to Jesus' invitation, then it should cause you to be convicted and say, I need you. I need you to protect me. And God is there. He is calling you. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Listen, friends, if you're listening and you say, yeah, I want to say yes to Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that this morning. How do you do that? First of all, you just admit that you're a sinner. You know, it says in the Scriptures, we're all a sinner. I am. We all are. But we're saved by grace and say, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? I repent. What does repentance mean? It means turning away from that old life, from walking in that sin and saying, I turn towards you, Jesus. And saying, you are my Lord and my Savior. You know, if you've just done that this morning, then I just want to say congratulations. You are now sealed for the day of redemption. You are his. Now, lastly, I just want to end on this as a way of a mini application. So what does it mean for us now? How do we respond to God's promise of protection? I'm going to give you four very quick ones that you can apply with your medication this week. Number one, recognize that he is God. I don't just mean mentally say God is God. I mean in your worship towards him. I mean in your posture. I mean your first thing in the morning. Lord, you are my Lord and I need you. Thank you that you are with me. That's what it means to recognize that he is God. It means to make your decisions based on his lordship in your life. To seek him. And that's the number two. To seek Jesus first before anyone else. I, I hope you're diligent with all the with all the measures to protect yourself and others. But how diligent are we in protecting our hearts and minds by seeking Jesus? Let's be diligent in that. Number three, seek out his promises. We can't claim his promises and walk in them if we do not know what they are. And that's why I've been giving you that prescription this morning of those verses. Take those verses that I've given you and speak and meditate them on, on them daily because it's going to renew your mind and turn them into a prayer as I, as I showed you earlier. And then number four, as I end, trust in him. Not just now, but for all eternity. Trust in him. And we looked at trust in a bit more detail last week, didn't we? That the peace that comes with that. So there you go. Those are the four things. Recognize that he is God. Seek Jesus first before anyone else. Number three, seek out his promises. And number four, trust in him.